Hey guys, welcome. This is a surprise in the midst of a bunch of marriage podcasts, doing stuff with my bride, Lisa Marie. We are bouncing on to do an M456 strict podcast. <laughs> and we have our cohort, co-host, Johnny Cat, John Wayne McAllister back with us. Say hi, John. What's up, family? How's it going, my man? Been a little while. Glad we're it back has. here, buddy. It has. It's been a while, right? Yeah, I'm excited for this, man. Hey, hey, guys, you know, we've been doing um, some great uh, stuff on marriage. And we're having our first marriage intensive this weekend. Our 23rd wedding anniversary is November 4th. And November 3rd through the 5th, we're doing a marriage intensive. Um, and we're pretty excited about it. So make sure you go to GaryAndLisaBlack.com and uh, check out those podcasts. There's a whole bunch of them on marriage there. Our M456 podcasts are there and on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, all over the place. If you want to watch John and I, we're in John's new sexy shit, no shave November mustache. Yep. Uh, you can watch us on patreon.com slash Carrie and Lisa Black or just listen. So here we go, Johnny. How are you, man? Catch us up. Man, I'm good. It's uh, yeah, no shave November start early. I uh, you don't want to not shave in November, but you don't want to start, you know, from scratch. That's so. That's good. So, you so I had early. to start early, and everybody I started early with, only one guy's doing it. So I don't know why guys say that they're going to do it and then they don't do it. But <laughs> Hillary still hates it. You know, the truth comes out every time. She hates mustaches. She doesn't. Uh, like it. She doesn't. She's not. You know. You know, saying people with mustaches are horrible. She's just saying it's horrible on my face. <laughs> well, I, I like it. I'm not your wife, though, so don't listen to me. And if sure. you want to join John on his No Shave November, I mean, I've got my beard looking pretty good. So good. I'm, I'm there. I'm in. Yeah. Looks real good. Looks real good. I like it, man. I still think you need to go full-fledged. Just don't touch your face for a full year kind of thing. Amen. Come on. Well, my dad did it once. He did it his year of retirement. He retired, and me and Cole challenged him, if you go for a year, uh, and then Cole had to shave his he had to shave his face his entire face for a year, wow. and Cole has an amazing beard, and Cole didn't think he'd do it. He went the whole year, and they settled up on a barbecue dinner so Cole nice. didn't have to have a shaved face for a year. Nice, <laughs> I love it. Cole's one of our old guys from uh, Rock mm -hmm. the Nation's times, which mm -hmm. is a good prelude here. We uh, John and I cut our teeth back in the 90s. Um, we started a ministry called Rock the Nations in Kansas City. And uh, we started it. Our covering at that time was a, a, a man named Mike Bickle. And he was the golden boy of the vineyard, they called him. John, um, uh, not Smelter, but John, who's the vineyard guy, helped me. John Wimber. He loved Mike Bickle, called him his golden boy, and kind of launched Mike into uh, a movement. And out of that, Mike uh, birthed uh, IHOP, International House of Prayer. He had men like John Paul Jackson and Paul Kane, and we could go on and on. You guys probably know some of you young guys. Sean Bowles came out of that time with us, and um, a lot of different worship leaders that you would know, really famous people. And Mike was the catalyst in a lot of that. Um, in those times, we would meet Mike uh, at the Denny's at midnight, and he would disciple us from like midnight to 3 a.m. That's the only time we could get with him because he was so busy. And he'd spend about four or five hours a day in prayer in different hospitals around Kansas City, 
Uh, and he said the coffee was free and the music was good. And so he loved to pray and sit and meditate in the hospitals uh, around Kansas City. And he really changed our lives. He taught me the life of David. Um, I took his three-month course. Uh, he taught me intimacy with Jesus, how to literally sit with the Father and be intimate, which is the key to everything. Mm. Um, and we just found out this this past week, actually, I was driving through Kansas City on Sunday. I, uh, we had our one-year-old Tatum Ryan granddaughter's birthday party in St. Louis, and we were driving home, and we were driving through Kansas City, and I got the news um, that um, Mike was under investigation, that uh, he's fallen from grace, that he'd had multiple affairs through all the years with women, which you know is really bad and horrible, but better than some of the news we get, um, right? And so John and I were pretty devastated. I text John right away. He called me. We talked. We just want to talk through that a little bit today. In my life, and I'll let you go here, John, but you know, I had a, a, an, the number one pastor in, in the country, maybe the world at the time. He answered for over 70 million Christians in, um, in the mid-90s. I, I was ordained at his church, a, a man named Ted Haggard. Um, he helped explode our ministry, him and Mike Bickle. Mike asked me to move um, our ministry from Kansas City back to Colorado Springs um, because uh, some of my leadership at that time, some of the guys I was partnering with were not stable and not doing good things. And he knew Ted would handle it, and he did. Um, so we moved everything out to Colorado Springs. Um, Ted sowed lots and lots of money into us, um, it made phone calls, really helped us grow and expand rock the nations into what it became. Um, and then when my first wife left me and she committed adultery, she had some mental illness. Um, he came against me um, and blackballed me. Actually, my phone stopped ringing. I was bankrupt in three months. Um, mm -hmm. Other men came against me and spoke ill against me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that in leadership and, and church, that we know the scripture says, be sure your sins will find you out. Mm. And yet we get in these positions of leadership and of power and of influence. And we see one guy after another guy after another guy fall from grace. And again, this isn't any judgment. I have zero judgment in my heart for any of this stuff um, against Ted, against Mike, against anyone. Um, that's fallen. I mean, it, but, but by the grace of God, it could have easily been me or you, John, or anybody. Mm -hmm. I was headed down that path. I was on the stage. I was speaking 145 times a year. I was writing the books. I was doing the videos. I had the publishers. You know, that was feeding my soul in such a way that I really thought it was about me. And if what happened to me didn't or wouldn't have happened to me, where my wife left, took off with a pastor from our church um, who's still in ministry and and still denies. Right. And all the things. But if that wouldn't have happened to me, I, this could have been me very easily. And I'll end with a story of, of how what God did with me um, and relaunching me in 2015 back into ministry and what he told me. And I'll end with this, John. I'll let you talk a little bit. But I. You know, one of the prayers I've prayed my whole life is, uh, God, if I can't handle it, if my character isn't ready for it, then don't give it to me. Right. And mm -hmm. so I can I'm back to praying that prayer every day. Right. Mm -hmm. We know with index coin, John, and some of the things we're working on, it hasn't come through yet. We know it's going to, but we're watching God work in everybody's hearts 
And he cares more about us as people than he does about us having lots of money or power or the stage or anything else. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting listening to you talk. I just see one of the things that I was seeing is, um, well, I'll just wait because I don't know where you went. Where'd you Sorry, go? I, I, my window was open. I had a cold. <laughs> was, it, was it cold? I uh, know. It feels great. It's cold out oh, there. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, as you were talking and you were going through that prayer, I mean, I just see the tattoo of the Lord on your heart that says peace. He's tattooing peace on your heart. It's what we bring, right? We bring peace. Right. And that peace is in life. Yes. Peace in life. And if, if, if we enter a room, leader or not leader, if, if Christ is in us, the hope of glory, and we enter a room, then we have to bring peace. It's a byproduct of wherever Jesus is, peace comes. There is division. There's all the things, but in our hearts and what we rest on that home is peace, right? Well, it's new covenant living, right? Old covenant was abstinence from sin. New covenants is indulgence in the spirit. Yes. And indulgence in the spirit means when I walk in the room, the room shifts because I bring life and I bring peace. I bring the fruits of the spirit, right? And I pick up the new covenant. Those that refuse and continue to live old covenantally, mm -hmm. they bring all that's happening that we're seeing with these leaders. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if you sit... I mean, to the people that are listening, I and I do this. I don't want to we, we sit here and we talk and I, I don't want to paint a picture that I don't do this immediately. You know, when we hear stuff like this, you know, thoughts start to roll. Right. We start to think what happened, who's involved. Right. How could they do this? He's innocent. He's not innocent. What about the women? Why did they hide all the stuff? But. One of the things that I keep thinking about is, is, is Jacob's coming out of his time with Laban. He's got these, you know, he's got his two wives. We've got the beginning of the tribes. You know, he's a patriarch, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And I was listening to, to Rabbi Foreman talk about this. And I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to me on this. And I want to open it up to what you think here in a second. Yeah. Um, Jacob is coming out and he knows the, the, the information that the father spoke to Abraham. He knows it because what good father doesn't pass it on to his son and his grandkids. I'm telling my kids the story of my, my childhood with my dad. You tell the stories with Dwayne and your boys. We do this. And so Jacob knows he just spent 21 years with Laban and he's coming out and he's, and he's thinking land. Okay, now it's time to take the land. But the agenda of the father was people. His yes. whole agenda was people. Yes. And so we have this, this situation with Mike. We have this new covenant that we're standing in with Jesus as the, as the great high priest that Hebrews does such a great job. And, and this is the question. This is the, the, what the Holy Spirit's bringing up to me. We have this Old Testament that's massive. The, the Jewish people lived through this. And we have all of this right. I mean, compared to the New Testament, it's just huge. And it right. covers you know, centuries. I mean, hundreds of hundreds of years. Well, and not only that, it went 400 years before Matthew was written, but the new covenant didn't start until Acts. Until so the Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospels could be considered Old Testament because mm -hmm. the new yes. Acts and brought the new covenant when Holy Spirit came on us. Yes. Right? So yes. keep going. That's good. The question, the question is, and I don't even know if it's a question. It's, it's the thought that I just had the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped in me is 
we, we often refer to the Old Testament. We have this massive amount of lit- literature of men and women, uh, people going through their lives, and we're seeing how the Father worked through this, through all the people. And then we have Jesus show up on the scene 400 years after, you know, the ending of the, you know, they, they've come out of Babylon. We've got the, the revolts, the Greeks, the Romans, all the stuff. We've got all the stuff. But we have this small amount of literature written with Holy Spirit in it. Yeah. And we sit back and we look at men and women in position of power and we wonder what the heck is going on. And so my thought is. Maybe there's just there hasn't been enough time to really see how this plays. out. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm asking. I don't know if you could feel where I'm going with that. It's I, I look at Mike and. I know his heart. I know he loves God. I I, I don't question it. 100%. I know he loves God. Amazing. He's a pillar. Yes. The body, to the body of Christ. Incredible. Yes. yes. But he he's living proof that what Jesus said is true. If you're on your way to court and you don't settle before you go to court, you're going to have to pay the fine and you're going to serve your time. Yes. I mean, Jesus says this. I mean, I don't want this to be taken out of, out of context, but Jesus said over and over and over, if you're walking this way, you need to settle before you get to, and I'm not saying you settle hidden sins. I'm not saying you settle, you keep having sex and you try to settle it outside of the, my point is when men stay hidden, when things are hidden, you have to bring it to light and get these things settled. Otherwise what's hidden will be broadcast in the daylight. That's right. And I, you know, and I wrestle with it. I mean, a lot of the, the prophetic stuff that I so attached, I mean, I know Jesus is my, my savior, but when you're a young man, and you're seeing acts of power, you're, you're drawn in, you know, that's what, Oh, the, the scripture is true. I mean, we were taught it. I was raised Nazarene. What are we talking about? I mean, right. I even had a dream where God is speaking to me, literally speaking to me in the dream. And he says, when you return to the Nazarene church, or when you return to the Nazarene, you will be debt free. He said that to me this summer. I'm not, I haven't returned to the church, uh, you know, but I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's, it's that what that drew me in. But the, the, what has come from it is these things about the heart. Yeah. Like the hiddenness. I, and I don't even know how to really talk about it. I, I just, I hate hiddenness. It's the one thing that I teach my boys about. I don't care if you go out. My son is almost 16. I know alcohol's there. I know that drugs are there. I know that sex and women are there. I know that cheating on tests are there. I know all the things, but my heart, what I always tell them is like, don't hide, don't hide. That's the issue is hiddenness. It's hiddenness. It's hiddenness. Don't hide. (laughs) You can't hide. I mean, David is a perfect example in the old Testament. You cannot hide. You cannot hide from this stuff. You cannot hide. And it will always be exposed. And we know this as, as men, especially guys, if you're hiding things from your wife, if they can't open your phone and have free access to your computer and know all your passcodes and and if you have hidden I've just learned there's extra ways you can hide things on your iPhones I guess and all these things I don't even want to know right because mm-hmm. it, once I get into hiddenness I know it I know my heart 
it's literally gets a veil of hiddenness. And I have to go to Lisa and just go, man, my heart is hidden. Or to you, John, or to somebody and say, ugh, I've been dealing with masturbation again, or I've been dealing yes. with this again, and I don't want it. And what happens, John, when we bring it to the light, it gets redeemed. Yes. Now, and again, Mike will be redeemed. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, the, the man I mentioned before, who was the number one guy in the world for Christianity, Ted Haggard, he keeps kind of going back to it and getting exposed again and again and again. That's not redemption. No. I believe with all my heart. And I, again, we don't know the inner workings of what's going on in IHOP and, and all the stuff over there and with Mike, and we love him so much. But he'll be redeemed. I really believe that with my whole heart, right? Yeah. Yes. But if he would have come to his brothers... <laughs> Right. And said, look, there's some hiddenness in me. I need some help. I need to go get help and confess when first John one nine, when I confess what happens, he, he is faithful, gives me and he's yeah. faithful. And when I confess to my brother, what happens? I'm healed. Yes. I get to healing. Right. And I think that's what this is all about. There's there's a second part I want to just discuss for a couple minutes that I do feel like God's exposing and it, and it, and it drives me a little crazy. But I feel like, you know, Mike was a real end times guy, you know, the rapture and the tribulation. And in fact, for a few years there in Kansas City, they stopped having children because there was no point in having kids because God's coming back to rescue us off this horrific planet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching these guys. And I know Dr. Jeremiah just came out with a new book on the rapture that's going to make him a millionaire again. And, you know, the number one book of the 70s was a book on the rapture and is what's really destroyed the last few hundred years, literally destroyed the church, this false teaching, this false doctrine of rapture and being going through this horrible tribulation and pre-trib and post-trib. And all, but all these guys that are teaching that right now are being exposed for other things. Right. And not, and I say all of them, the guys I know, some guys are being exposed, right? And I, I expect more because the, 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 the point of being a Christian man is what? I'm, I'm a faithful, beautiful man because I'm becoming like Jesus by bringing heaven to earth every day. I'm Jesus with skin on and I'm bringing life to orphans and widows and aliens. I'm literally doing James 127. Yes. The only pure religion, the only way we have any kind of purity. And I want you to talk about Isaiah for a second, John, is when we serve the alien, the orphan, and the widow, the AOW. Mm. That's the mm. only time our hearts are pure. Yes. Right? And so if I'm not giving my life to that, and I'm giving my life to building my own empire, I'm building my I'm giving my life to building, right? The 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 love of money is the root of all evil. Well, that root leads to hunger for power, hunger for more influence, hunger for more success. So I'm, I'm manna. I want manna, right? The Israelites in the, in, the, in the desert. Manna, we need manna. God's like, I am your manna. I'm enough. And they're like, no, you're not. So he's like, okay, here's some bread and some quail, right? And they kept doing that all through history. And we're still doing it. Yes. We want that stage. We want that power without even really knowing it. Yes. And when we get it, then we see things like what's happening right now because yes. we can't sustain that. All we can sustain is how he taught us how to pray in Matthew 6. How it be your name. I'm going to worship your name above every other name. 
Give us this day. Wait, your kingdom come. Your will yes. be done. Heaven to earth over my marriage, my children, their children. I'm bringing heaven to earth over my work, over my ministry, whatever I'm doing, putting my hands to. Yes. And then give us this day our daily bread. All I need is to get through today. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow will worry about itself. But when I start building empire and building these big things, right, then that's all I'm thinking about. And yeah. I get lost in that. Yes. And I honestly think that's what's happened with Mike. I think he just got lost. I saw, I've seen it happen to man after man after man, especially with money. You know, if you're not sowing and giving extravagantly, making 20 grand a year, you won't sow and give making 20 million. No, no. Right? you won't because do it. That's not pure. In it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you're quoting Jesus and that's a dangerous thing to do, by the way. That's yeah. that's dangerous because now now we're at, uh, what, what's it like when we know it, we're accountable to it. Yes. I mean, if, yeah. if you want to know, get into the scripture and start listening. I mean, I've, I've been doing this thing and I, I want to go to the Lord's Prayer for a second, but I'm going to go to this I, at night and I want you guys to do this if you can do it. I plug in my phone. Obviously, everybody, everybody plugs in their phone. I turn the scripture on and I start in Genesis and I go every week until it finishes the Bible at night. Well, I let the scripture be read over me wow. as I Ooh, sleep. That's awesome. And I've done it. I've gone through the Bible now since the middle of summer, three, four times, five times. If the Holy Spirit highlights something like Psalms 20, I'll start at Psalms 20. I'll keep it up to where I can hear it. And then I start to turn it down to where it's just a whisper in the background. And I just do it over and over. But it's not my thing. It's the word of God. I want the word in me. I want it in me like a, like a fire in my bones kind of thing. But every day, Porter and I, we drive to school. And I, I, it's 6.45 in the morning. And I'll pray. I, I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Father. Every day, Father, I and I always say, Jesus, I love how you just you set it up. You know, every day, Father, we acknowledge you not just with our lips but with our hearts. Well, I'm praying this morning, and I get to the, your kingdom coming. He just starts weeping in the car next to me, and of course, I I I lean over. I'm like, Bud, Bud, you okay? And he goes, I, I don't know what's going on. It's just I'm just crying, and and I'm like, Well, that's that's how you trust. This is how the Holy Spirit's teaching you what's in your heart. Wow. My sensitive boy who's going to be big and strong and have a, an amazingly sensitive heart who sees people that are, you know, one of the things that he does is he sees kids that sit alone and he he goes to them and he becomes friends over the course of months at school and, and learns how to connect. But that that is the church. That is what's going on in in this idea of when Jesus comes back versus not. If you look on the, the world stage, um, this is what God's doing all over the planet. He's un, he's exposing this hiddenness. Ukraine, if, if you if you want to know anything about Ukraine, look at the dirty money that flowed through Ukraine to, to the United States, to yes. Democrats and Republicans. God's yep. exposing oh. and he's yep. using a, a, an evil man or <sighs> God loves Putin, but there's probably some things going on there. I don't want to accuse him because, uh, you know, to the measure in which I give will be measured to me. But right. But that's what's going on. If, if, if everybody's like, why are we having all these fights? God's exposing the hiddenness of what this our country has been doing around the world for decades. Right. And it's dirty. Part of this, the, the, the index guy, the, uh, the, the, the Sigmund Freeman guy, part of the, the collapse of his group and his, his, his cryptocurrency is he was funneling dirty money 
from different nations through Ukraine. Ukraine was one of the only nations that could funnel this money on crypto. Hundreds of millions. The information's out there. If you want to find it, you can find it. But what comes back over and over and over, and the point that I'm making is you can't hide from the Lord. And when he begins to expose, he does this. And he's doing it on a grand stage. Well, he's doing it with Israel. Yeah, he's doing it with Israel. Everybody's talking Israel. It's not the Israel of the Bible. I mean, it is Israel, right? It is their land. Like, this is so ridiculous. The college kids, why would we ever listen to a college kid? They don't know anything. So stop getting all stirred up about that. You're (laughs) ignorant when you're in college, like all of us, right? Um, But it's it's this this whole push. Israel and the people of Palestine are important. Yes. These these evil-driven men that are doing these things, God will judge. He said enough. All he's doing is looking at this whole thing and he's going, enough. Yes. Being made in the image of God is knowing when to say enough. He looked at Gaza and he said, guys, enough. You're going to get taken off the map. This isn't the end of the world. This isn't ushering in a rapture. This isn't any of those things that you're being told and people are making money off of. This is the father saying enough. And he says it over our lives. Yes, I'm cheating on Lisa over and over and I'm hiding it. At some point, God's going to give me so many chances to get out of it. (laughs) Chance after chance after chance. And I keep refusing that. He's going to go, all right, Black, enough. I love you too much to leave you in this. And he's going to expose it. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's like what we were just saying. Jesus, when he's talking about when you're on your way to the judge, the father, he sits in throne. He sits in truth and justice. He sits there and he's going to expose it. You're going to be put into prison because God does this. We it, see this in the Bible. He does. Yes. He does this. He imprisons us to set us free. He wounds like we say it all the time. He wounds our wounds. Why does he do that? Why is he doing this? Right. He's doing this to bring about healing so that Jesus, mm. his son, obviously is glorified. And his name's glorified. Jesus, and it's in, what is it, John uh, 10 or 8 or something like that. Jesus is talking, and it's thunders. And the Father says, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And Jesus says, this isn't for me. This is for you. Yes. God is, is about getting that glory. That glory is coming. That's right. And he's going to imprison to do all these things. But when you're asking me about Isaiah, uh, Let me say this to that. Yeah, go and ahead. Just, and then I want you to hit me with Isaiah. You know, Jesus became Israel. Mm-hmm. So during his, when when Jesus went to the cross, he went down into Egypt as Israel, and he brought he brought the captives up. Matthew twenty seven. They're walking around. He became Israel. Jesus became Exodus. The Exodus. Jesus became Moses. Go read your scripture. Jesus became, I don't know if you've seen that in The Chosen, when, when he, what was that? When he says, I am Moses, oh, right? Yeah, I am the book of Moses. I, I am the book. Yeah, he became those <laughs> things for us, Yes. period. So when we're hiding in something and there's hiddenness, he's going to allow that to be exposed because we're becoming him, which is his whole point. And he wants us to look like him. Right. We become him like he became Israel. He became Moses. We become Jesus on earth. And if anything is hidden, he's going to expose it. And that is happening on a world scale, political Mm -hmm. scale. It's happening on a church scale, the the broken system of the church. And it's happening in individual lives because it has to. 
because he says, when I return, which he's going to, will I find faith on earth? Right. What is faith? The opposite of faith is I can see. Yes. Right. I can't see this, but I love it and I believe it. And am I going to find a pure church, a united church? Yes. We in unity. Well, I can't be in unity if I'm in hiding. Yes. And and, you know, it's so funny because I was thinking that same scripture. Will he find faith? It's it's kind of been a blanket thing over my life this summer. Will will he find faith? It, it, he's growing it in me. I don't know how big it is because a mustard seed's tiny. So it's I mean, I might be like a quarter of a mustard seed right now in yeah. the growth of this. Um, but it's so true, man. It's so true. Some of you ought to be teachers, yet you're still consumed with the elementary truths of what the of scripture is telling us. You need to be teaching, but you still need milk. It's yes. time for meat and it's time for meat and bread. So in faith, we, we, we don't see, but it's time to eat the, the, the messages of righteousness. And we need this to go out because the righteousness takes us to the orphan. It takes us to the widow, the fatherless. And we begin to plead the case of these people. Come on. <clears throat> and that's what we're waiting on. I mean, I, I've seen it play out in my life. We had this, uh, this story came to my mind. We, we had a fire a couple of weeks ago in a, and it wasn't in a house. It was outside fire. It wasn't crazy. People, you know, chunking cigarettes over their balcony, stuff like that. And it's in these apartments that are, I mean, every city has them. They're, they're lower income apartments. You know, most of these people that live in these apartments, you know, have $400 a month. Right. And that whole adage, I had a friend of mine say this, his name's Joel. And I just, I love his perspective on things. He said, you know, a lot of people look at at poor people and they're like, why you eat McDonald's all day? Why don't you fix a meal? Well, if you would ever go into one of these people's houses and see that they're, what they're paying for is a range that could catch their house on fire because the wires haven't been taken care of because rodents have eaten through the wall and have eaten wires. Then you'll understand that. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take my kids to McDonald's because I could burn my house down. Yeah. And, and you start to understand that the position they're in has limited options for them. Right. But anyway, so we're, we're sitting at this house, you know, one of these apartment complexes. And I walk to the front and we call them in the fire service. We, we just call them frequent, frequent flyers, people that call 911 for everything. They don't have car. Uh, they need, you know, they have sicknesses. They don't they don't have money to pay for primary care. They have all these issues. And there's this lady and I and I can't obviously say her name because of privacy rules and stuff like that. But she's standing outside and we we go on her all the time and we pick her up sometimes. Sometimes she needs to go to the hospital and her house is dirty. Everything that you can imagine. I'll let your mind go free on that. And I, I come around the corner and she's standing there and I'm like, hey, and I feel Jesus literally enter my body. And I go, I haven't seen you for. And I give her this hug and I've never hugged this woman in my life. And I was like, I haven't seen you in forever. And I'm hugging her and there's these other two women, you know, and we're standing and it's, it's all the stuff. Like I, I almost want to describe it so you guys get the picture, but just know that these people just are, they're different, you know, that they're, they're wrestling, they're struggling that, you know, cleanliness, all the things that are happening. And I go, you okay? And she says, no, I just found out. And she starts doing this motion and I go, you have, you have she goes, I have cancer. I go, you have, you have breast cancer because, you know, she's doing this motion. And she goes, no, it's uh it's basically she has cancer all through her body. She just found out and she is dirt poor and she's got cancer in her bone marrow. She has cancer everywhere. And it's the first time it's ever happened to me in life. I go, can I pray for you? And she goes, or I said, 
are people, have you had prayer? And she said, well, some people are praying. And I go, well, can I pray for you? She goes, yes. And I'm telling you, and I'm saying it out loud because I'm going to get with this train of Jesus. She's going to get healed. I prayed for it and I felt the Lord healing her body. Wow. Because this is the kingdom. This is yeah, what we it. do. We a go and we fireman. Can you imagine? Come on, church. But this this is what it is. Like it, it, it I, I want to go to the scripture I, mainly because I'm just in love with scripture right now in my life. It's you know how we have those moments where we love and but it's in Isaiah chapter one. And I was listening to these guys just kind of talking through um, some uh, Jewish ways of, of reading scriptures and different things like this. But they're wondering why they're not heard. And they, they, they're bringing this up. And in, in verse one, chapter 15, Jesus, or the father responds to him and says, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of crime of blood. Mm. You have blood on your hands. So obviously when I first hear that, I'm like, oh, I got to repent. I got to repent. He says, wash and make yourselves clean. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. These are the things that this is what Jesus did. This is how he lived. This is where he went. This is why there was such a struggle with the, the religious of the time. This is what we're looking at now. If you guys are wondering, in, why isn't Jesus here? This is where we're at. And until we understand this, until we get this, we're going to continue to see the world unravel. We're going to continue to see leaders fall because everybody's trying to do this. This, Like you say it so well, build a pyramid, build something to themselves that puts them at the top where everybody has to get their answers from one man, one woman. And the only way God's going to move is it's going to come through this, this place. So I'm telling you, God, God moved and, and used people that I never would have imagined. And the, the Bible's littered with those. And that's yeah. the same God today. It's the same Jesus today that's looking for people that are willing to look at these people and go and be this here and Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Together in unity and in community. I think what I, and I'll, we'll end with this, guys. There, We need to build for lack of a better term, because I don't like the term, but apostolic teams, right? We don't need individuals like priests being put up on a, on a platform because they're going to fall. We're just setting them up for failure. We're setting them up for failure. Mega churches, all these things we're doing, all these empires we're building aren't going to work. And I don't think we're even close to the Lord's return because I don't even think we're close to the church, the bride that he's waiting on that he knows he's going to come back for that bride that's serving the fatherless, that they wander around in darkness. Psalm 71, 72 says they don't even know where they're going or what, what to do. They wander around because of fatherlessness. And we have fatherlessness and orphans leading our government, our corporations, our churches. And this is the fallout that we're getting. And God's going, can I have some guys come together and start building life and building people together? teams of people that aren't about one gift we've got the prophetic flowing and the teaching gift flowing and we've got healing happening and we've got scripture being read and memorized and we're, we're flowing in the gifts not one gift of a pastor put on a stage right yeah. and it and, and, and it's a broken system and until the body of christ the people on the second and third rows of the pews sitting there who've never been activated, who have never been told what their gifts are until they're activated and start 
being Jesus on the planet to everyone around them, there's nothing to come back for. You, you realize he's going to come back and we're going to usher him into this kingdom that's already here. Mm-hmm. And it's us bringing, literally bringing Jesus back to earth, heaven to earth every single day in our lives, in our families' lives, in our churches' lives, right? And yes. as a fireman, you brought <laughs> Jesus into that poor little, that poor house with this woman full of cancer that nobody else can pro- but was standing there that could have prayed for her with that anointing and that authority. And you just did it. You just do it. That's what we do. That's what we do. I mean, it's if if you if you say you you have faith and yet you hate your brother, I mean, the, the, I mean, the scriptures are littered with this. I mean, take some time and say, okay, God, I want the gifts of the Spirit, but not until the fruit is ripe in my life. Because if the fruit ripens in your life, you're going to love your brother. You're going to see those people that need help, and you're going to go do something about it. You're going to go lend your body. And I hate to say this, guys, the Bible's littered with stories of men dying. And women yes. dying. Oh, it's not. It's not this. I'm not. It's not about. I love a couch. <laughs> I love a great vehicle. I love football. <laughs> These things I love. God hasn't taken those things from me. And my point in saying this, though, but we still go. We still look. We still. I mean, the, He doesn't care about my comfort outside of my needs are met. I like Jesus said. I have food you don't know of. Right. And he showed them over and over and over. The food is to do the will of the father. And that's what he's doing. And Jesus says this amazing statement. He goes, I don't judge by what I see. I judge by what I hear. Hearing takes sight completely out. He's talking about something for us. Start like you were saying about faith and eyesight. You know, we don't have eyesight. We have faith. Yes. And faith is merited. And Jesus said, I, I, I implore you to buy gold from me, refined in the fire. And what does Peter say about gold? Faith is greater than gold. And so Jesus is saying, when you come to me, I'm going to give you the faith to stand in this. I am going to put my faith in you and it's going to grow and be beautiful. That's what we're talking. That's so good, John. Wow. Wow. Listen, guys, if you've got anything hidden um, and you don't have a leader you can go to, a brother that you can go to, I know there's there's not many out there. You know, Paul says it, uh, there's, there's 10,000 teachers. There's just not many fathers. You can come to John and I, you, you can reach out to us. We're, we're, we're easy access, right? And, and confess, get it to the light so that God can come and heal it. If, if there's a, if there's adultery, if there's anything going on in your life, that's hidden, your, your, your hidden pornography life or whatever, when you bring it to the light, it gets zapped, it gets healed. And the only way it can get healed is by confession and risking your heart to allow to tell somebody that you can trust that's going to lead you into righteousness. That's what grace is. We have grace to lead you. True grace leads us to righteousness, yes. right? So go to jointhejourneyman.com, join this thing, listen to the podcast, call us. I will give you our phone numbers, whatever you need. But what we're watching happen on the earth right now is going to keep happening. It's going to increase. And I'm telling you, it's going to. And he's looking for faith-filled people who are willing to give their lives away. When Jesus said, take up your cross daily, what was he saying? He's saying, lay your old covenantal thinking down, your abstinence, your right and wrong, your, your all that kind of thinking down. And let's get indulgence in the spirit. Let's become like Jesus and give our lives away to everyone we meet. That's all he's saying. Become a now covenant person. 
live in this beauty of covenant with God and give your life away. That's taking up your cross daily. It's really simple, right? <laughs> it really, I mean, it's, it is, it is simple. It is simple. When you, when you start getting out of the culture and stop thinking that the American dream is the kingdom of God, because that's some bullshit right there. And you can let that go. God doesn't care about a fortune 500 company in the sense of like, I need this to be relevant. That's the American dream. Let that sit over here. The kingdom of God is what you just said. Do I trust in the name of Adonai? You know, there are men and horses that I can trust in or I can trust in God. Yeah. And he will get you there. If that's, if that's the deal. And I need, and this is interesting. Holy spirit speaking to me. We talk about sexual things in, in the hidden things, guys, we're also talking about cheating on your taxes we're also yeah. talking about those things that you don't think are seen. And you wonder why pinching pennies and do these different things, why we're not seeing God show up in justice on those things. Guys, it's all of those things. That's and if good. that is something I'm that you're doing, that. start this year yep. and be honest about it. Look at it honestly and trust that God can see you through that and walk Absolutely. you through that. If you're not sowing generously, giving generously, that's just as bad as anything else. If you're, if you're not in the word, look at, it's the power of four, right? Four times a week. That's all we're asking for. 10 minutes a day in the word of God will literally, it, it drops pornography in your life, the desire for it by 87% statistics show. It drops anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. Four days a week, 10 minutes a day in the word of God <laughs> and get some exercise, yeah. right? Gluttony yeah. is just as bad as anything we're talking about here. Right? Mm -hmm. this belief is just is probably the worst right so yeah. we could go on and on look guys i i don't want you to hear anything but love in our hearts for mike and what he's going through we don't know the details we have no idea um for anyone that's going through anything like this we're, we just want to love you be there we want to speak the truth in love and we want to sharpen iron sharpen iron right we want to do the word and what it says but it comes with grace and love and life and joy and galatians 5 22 because that's what it's about. John, I love doing this with you, man. Let's keep, I got to get you back, babe. Maybe once a I'm month. In. I need I'm you, in. man. I need you. We <laughs> love in. you guys. Make sure and, and hit us up. Join the journeyman.com. We'll be back. Have a great November. See you guys.